Adventure Theater. Today, a new serial adapted from Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's story of mystery and terror, The Hound of the Baskervilles. Dr. Mortimer. Oh, Barrymore, good afternoon. Mrs. Barrymore told me I should find Sir Charles around the back here. He's in the U Valley, sir. Shall I call him? Uh, no, 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 don't trouble. I, I see him. Barrymore! Barrymore, quick! Yes, yes, Sir Charles, directly. What is it, Sir Charles? Look. Is anything... Look there. Where, sir? There, beyond the gate. Don't you see it? I see something. Well... I saw something, Sir Charles. It, it, it's gone now. What was it? What did you see? Why, it looked like a large black calf, I should say. Calf? It was not a calf. Barrymore, did you see it? No, sir, I'm afraid I saw nothing. It is gone now. Is there anything else, Sir Charles? No, nothing. Uh, thank you, Barrymore. Thank you, sir. My dear Sir Charles, why should the sight of an animal cause you such distress? This yew hedge is impenetrable. The wicket gate is not impenetrable. It's four feet high. There are some animals, Dr. Mortimer, which can leap four feet. But surely not a calf. I tell you, it is no calf. Sir Charles, I beg of you, calm yourself. You know, I, I've given you strict orders not to excite your heart. Mortimer! You have been my friend as well as my physician. I hope so, Sir Charles. In the two years since I have taken up residence at Baskerville Hall... I should never have come back from Africa. Sir Charles, never say that. You've benefited the entire community. Mortimer, you know our family legend? The Hound of the Baskervilles? Yes, it's famous in the countryside. But surely... Take this. It is the original legend written down by my ancestor, Sir Hugo. I want you to keep it safe, Mortimer. I shall. But I, I should like to know it is safe. Should anything happen to me? Nothing will happen to you, Sir Charles, if you will only take care of that heart. It wants me, Mortimer. It? Something wants me. Something. The same thing which does not want the Baskervilles at Baskerville Hall. You're really too overwrought, my dear friend. I, I must make a call. But could I persuade you to come and dine at my home this evening? My wife... I would... shall not go on the moor at night. But... Read the legend, Dr. Mortimer. The moor may be safe for you at night, but not for me. Never for me. The thing is there. It waits for me. I must go and make that call. I'll try and visit you later. Will you be all right? Yes, yes, all right. Uh, goodbye, Mortimer. Go in and have a rest before dinner, Sir Charles. Ah, Barrymore. I'm glad to find you within earshot. I'm disturbed about Sir Charles, Dr. Mortimer. I try to be near him when I can. Yes, yes. We must take good care of him. He's much distressed about this family legend, Barrymore. You know, the legend of the hound that plagues the Baskervilles? Oh, yes, sir. I've known it ever since I can remember. Do you think there's anything in it, sir? I'm a man of science, Barrymore. I, I cannot possibly credit. And yet, it, it is true that... Any Baskerville who's lived here since the time of the legend has met with a violent death. Sir Charles' fear is understandable, but with his bad heart... It could kill him, sir? The fear must be laid to rest, li like a ghost. But 
Who could exorcise it? You, sir? No, Barrymore, not I. But there, there is someone of whom I've heard. Someone who... Yes, Barrymore. It may be that there is one man in England, perhaps one man in the world, who can help us. I shall make contact with Mr. Sherlock Holmes. Listen to this, Watson. Hmm? Standing over Hugo and plucking at his throat, there stood a foul thing. A great black beast, shaped like a hound, yet larger than any hound that ever mortal eyes rested upon. And even as they looked, the thing tore the throat out of Hugo Baskerville, on which, as it turned its blazing eyes and dripping jaws upon them, the three roisterers shrieked with fear and rode for dear life, still screaming across the moor. One, it is said, died that very night of what he had seen, and the other twain were but broken men for the rest of their days. That looks like a very old manuscript, Holmes. Yes, dated 1742. It was sent me by a fellow member of your profession, Watson, Dr. James Mortimer of Devon. Here, have a look for yourself, if you like. I shall get back to my breakfast. I see. This was written by Hugo Baskerville to his sons. Seems to be an explanation of a family legend. Capital kippers, these. I suppose you wouldn't care to indulge in a second breakfast, Watson? Eh? Oh, no, 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 thank you, Holmes. I see. This fellow Hugo Baskerville was a gay blade a few centuries ago who took a fancy to a yeoman's daughter and carried her off against her will. Coffee. Maiden placed in an upper chamber, Hugo and his friends sat down to a long carouse. <coughs> oh, 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 no, 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 thank you, Holmes. I say she escaped. Finding his bird escaped, Hugo cried aloud that he would render his body and soul to the powers of evil if he might but overtake the wench. Leaving the hounds, a kerchief of the maid set his hounds on her. Holmes! Yes, I see. I see. And she died of fear and fright. And then his friends came upon Hugo being torn to pieces by this monster hound. Such is the tale, my sons, of the coming of the hound, which is said to have plagued the family so sorely ever since. I commend you to Providence, and I counsel you to forbear from crossing the moor in those dark hours when the powers of evil are exalted. Well, why did Dr. Mortimer send this to you, Holmes? Well, it seems the doctor is concerned about the present owner of Baskerville Hall, Sir Charles, who is a firm believer in the legend and goes about in terror of his life. Really? And what does he want you to do about it? Oh, he wants me to come down and lay the ghost of the hound, apparently. Shall you? Certainly not. But you do find the Baskerville legend interesting? Oh, yes, interesting, certainly. Uh, to a collector of fairy tales. Mortimer, I didn't expect to see you so late, sir. I didn't expect to see you out here, either. Where is Sir Charles? He's not in the house. He's, uh, he is having his walk in the yew alley, sir. What? Let us go to him at once. No, he walks there every evening, sir, before bedtime. But the ground is damp. I've issued strict instructions. He insisted on going, sir. I did warn him. I had a feeling that he expected to meet something. Something? Oh, excuse me, sir. I, I meant to say someone... 
I did try to persuade him. What was that? Seemed to be a cry for help. Sir Charles! Sir Charles! Where are you? Look, the data. Closer to the old summer house. Yes. Help me turn him over, Barrymore. Yes, sir. Barrymore! Is this Sir Charles? Oh, sir. Look at his face, Barrymore. So distorted with horror. My poor friend. I can hardly recognize him. But is he... Yes. We are too late. His heart... That dreadful fear. I shall summon the police, sir. Yes. There should be an autopsy to verify the cause of death. Dr. Mortimer. What is it, Barrymore? I just noticed these strange footprints. Here, sir, by the moor gate. They're Sir Charles' footprints, surely. Don't you see the change in them here? Yes. Odd. Ah, Sir Charles. He'd been smoking his cigar on his walk. Well, you'd better be about your errand, Barrymore. Yes, sir. Yes, at once. What is it, sir? Have you noticed something else? I... Uh, no, no, Barrymore, nothing. Uh, nothing else. I just remembered I'm Sir Charles' executor and must set about to find his heir. I hope you'll forgive the intrusion, Mr. Holmes. I met Sir Henry Baskerville as he docked in London yesterday and... I persuaded him to come to see you today. Not at all. I am sorry to hear of the death of your uncle, Sir Henry. Oh, uh, this is Dr. Watson. Glad to meet you, sir. I've heard of you. Oh, really? That's very kind. Sir Henry... Uh, Dr. Mortimer has told me he sent you our family legend, Mr. Holmes. Uh, I'm not surprised you didn't think much of it. But Dr. Mortimer still does. Well, I told him Sherlock Holmes wouldn't likely take a tale like that seriously. You see your fame has spread, sir, even to a Canadian farmer. So yesterday, when he insisted that we came to see you before we left for Baskerville Hall, I wouldn't hear of it. But uh, then this morning... Something unusual occurred? Only a joke, as like as not. It came in the post. Please, show it to him, Sir Henry. Well, here it is. This envelope was delivered to you at the Northumberland Hotel? Yeah. Oh, by the way, Dr. Mortimer, how is your curly-haired spaniel? Oh, he's at home in Devon perfectly well, thank you. But how did you know I... A simple matter of probabilities. I've been observing the size of the teeth marks on your cane. Your dog carries it often as you walk, I see. What do you make of this letter, Watson? As you value your life for your reason, keep away from the moor. Well, I... I noticed that all the words have been cut out of something printed and pasted on the paper. Is it possible someone wishes to keep Sir Henry away from Baskerville Hall? Perhaps. At any rate, a person of some education. Oh, why do you say that? The Times is seldom found in the hands of the uneducated. The Times? But how can... There is a copy of yesterday's Times there in the corner, Watson. I'll get it, Holmes. Then if you will turn to the inside page, the page with the leading articles, you will find every word which appears in the note... In an article headed, Free Trade. By Jove, he's right. Here they all are. Really, Mr. Holmes, this is amazing. It certainly seems, Sir Henry, that someone is very interested in your movements. Perhaps it is kindly intended from a believer in your famous legend. Mr. Holmes, 
May I tell you a few things concerning the death of the late Sir Charles? Uh, now, Dr. Mortimer, you said there was an autopsy. The newspapers said he died of heart failure. Nevertheless, I cannot forget that when I came to examine Sir Charles' body, his face was so distorted, so convulsed with some strong emotion that I could hardly recognize uh, Dr. Him. Mortimer, if you will forgive my interrupting. Holmes, it is not at all unusual for the features to be distorted in cases of dyspnea and death from cardiac exhaustion. That is true, but there is more. The night was damp, Mr. Holmes. Sir Charles was walking in the yew alley, and his footprints... Go on. At the point where there is a wicket gate leading to the moor, the nature of Sir Charles' footprints changed. It, it, it was as though he'd begun to walk on his toes. Now, that does seem strange. There's something else. Some little distance off from the body, I observed something. Footprints? Footprints. A man's or a woman's? Mr. Holmes, they were the footprints of a gigantic hound. No one else saw this? The marks were some 20 yards from the body, and no one gave them a thought. I don't suppose I should have done so if Sir Charles had not been so concerned about this legend. There are many sheepdogs on the moor. No doubt, but this was no sheepdog. What is the yew hedge like? Twelve feet high and impenetrable. The walk is gravel, with a strip of grass about six feet broad on either side. Is there any other opening besides the moor gate? Only an exit through a summer house at the far end. Had Sir Charles reached this? No. He lay about 50 yards from it. Now, Dr. Mortimer, this is important. The marks you saw on the path, were they on the same side of the path as the Moorgate? Yes, on the edge of the path, on the Moorgate side. You interest me exceedingly. Was the wicket gate closed? Closed and padlocked. Sir Charles had evidently stood behind it for five to ten minutes. How do you know that? Because the ash had twice dropped from his cigar. Excellent. This is a colleague, Watson, after our own heart. <laughs> Did you see any marks? He'd left his own marks all over that small patch of gravel. I could discern no others. Mm. Did you describe your observations to the authorities, Dr. Mortimer? No, sir. As a man of science, I shrank from seeming to endorse a popular superstition. But do you endorse it? Mr. Holmes, before Sir Charles' death... Several people saw a creature upon the moor, a creature which could not possibly be any animal known to science. What sort of creature? Huge, luminous, ghastly, spectral. Oh, really, Dr. Mortimer? I have cross-examined them all. A hard-headed countryman, a farrier, a moorland farmer. They all tell the same story of this dreadful apparition, exactly corresponding to the hellhound of the legend. Well... It is most challenging. I have hitherto confined my investigations to this world. In a modest way, I have combated evil. But to take on the father of evil himself would perhaps be too ambitious a task. Yet the footprint, Holmes, the footprint surely belongs to the material world. Sir Henry, when were you planning to leave for Baskerville Hall? At uh, the end of the week. <laughs> I seem to have walked right into a dime store novel. We must take care that you do not walk into anything worse. If we may call upon you tomorrow morning at your hotel... Then you do think there is cause for concern, Mr. Holmes? I think there is cause for consideration. Oh, by the way, Sir Henry, who knew you would be stopping at the Northumberland Hotel? 
Well, no one could have known. We only decided after I met Dr. Mortimer. But Dr. Mortimer was, no doubt, already stopping there. No, I'd been staying with a friend. Good day to you. You look excited, Holmes. You surely don't suppose there is a connection between this legendary Your hound and... Your Watson, quick. Not a moment to lose. Where are we going? Come on, downstairs. There are Dr. Mortimer and Baskerville Holmes. Is there something in this shop window which interests you, Holmes? Only the fact that it is a shop window. Our friends have stopped down the street to look in another, you perceive. Yes, but what is that? And the handsome cab which has been following them has also halted. Ah, now, we all move again. Do you mean that the man inside the cab... Yes, that is our man, Watson. Come along. Have a good look at him if we can do no more. He has a bushy black beard. Very likely false. Oh, he sees us, Holmes. Driver, how fast can you move those horses? Cab! Cab! Oh, there isn't one in sight. Watson, can't you? I'm afraid it's no use, Holmes. Uh Oh, what a pity we did not get the number of the cab. My dear Watson, clumsy as I have been, you surely do not seriously imagine that I neglected to get the number. 2704 is our man. (laughs) Now, I must ask you to do something for me. You remember young Cartwright at the telegraph office? Oh, yes, indeed. He is very able for a lad of 40. He has been of some help to me in the past. Ask him to go to every hotel in the vicinity of Charing Cross and check the waste gathered from the rooms yesterday. Of course, he will find much of it has been burned. But uh, what is he checking for, Holmes? For a copy of the Times, with words cut out of the article on free trade. But what makes you think whoever sent that note stayed at an hotel? An observation of the envelope. The pen sputtered twice in a single word and ran dry three times in a short address, showing that there was very little ink in the bottle. A combination rare in a private home, but the usual state of affairs in an hotel. (laughs) I'll tell young Cartwright. And then perhaps I should spend some time at my club? If you don't mind, Watson. I must be alone to think. If my suspicions are correct, we are dealing with a fencer whose foil is as quick and supple as my own. Ah, Watson. Where do you think I have been all day? From the atmosphere in here, I should say you've not stirred from the room. In spirit, Watson, in spirit. My spirit has been to Devonshire. My body has remained in this armchair and has, I regret to observe, consumed in my absence two large pots of coffee and an incredible amount of tobacco. Do you mind if I open a window? I sent down to Stanford's the ordnance map of this portion of the moor. I flatter myself I could find my way about upon it. Mm. It... Must be a wild place. A worthy setting for the devil's agents, who may be of flesh and blood, Watson. You know, Holmes, we're not at all certain any crime has been committed. What do you make of that change in the footprints? Mortimer said Sir Charles had walked on tiptoe down that portion of the alley. Why should a man walk on tiptoe down the alley? What then? He was running, Watson, running, desperately crazed with fear. And then again... 
Whom was he waiting for that night? Why should an elderly and infirm man stand for five or ten minutes on an inclement evening by the Moorgate? In addition... Anybody at home? Ah, 2704. None other. I, um... I got a message from the head office that a gent at this address had been inquiring for 2704. I've driven my cab this seven years, sir, and never no word of complaint. Nor will you get one from me, my good man. On the contrary, you'll get half a sovereign from me, if you will answer a few questions. Well, I've had a good day and no mistake. <laughs> hey, what was it you wanted to ask, sir? Uh, tell me all about the fair who came and watched this house at ten o'clock this morning and afterwards followed two gentlemen down Regent Street. Well, it's no good my telling you things. You seem to know as much as I do already. Had the gentleman offered me two guineas for the day if I would ask no questions. We followed the two gentlemen from the Northumberland Hotel until somewhere near here. Waited till they come out and then followed them down Baker Street and along Regent. Then suddenly he told me to whip up the horses and go as fast as I could. He left me at Waterloo Station, sir. Can you describe the man? Well, I put him about... Forty years of age, sir. He was uh, middle height, two or three inches shorter than you, perhaps. He was dressed like a toff, and he had a black beard cut square at the end, and a pale face. Colour of his eyes? What can't say, sir? I don't suppose he happened to give you his name. Oh yeah, matter of fact, he did. Well, we're in luck then. Just as he was leaving, he told me his name was Mister Sherlock Holmes. Come to suggest I shouldn't go to Baskerville Hall, Mr. Holmes. It's no use. Sir Henry, hear Mr. Holmes out. I beg of There you. is no devil in hell and there is no man upon earth who can prevent me from going to the home of my own people. I think you're wise, Sir Henry. But, Mr. Holmes, I appeal to you, Dr. Watson. Dr. Mortimer, did you know you were followed yesterday from my house? Followed? By whom? Is there any man in the neighborhood of Baskerville Hall with a full black beard? No. Uh, or, let me see... Why, yes, Barrymore, Sir Charles Butler, has a full black beard. Ah, hand me those telegraph forms, Watson. Mr. Holmes, Barrymore and his wife have looked after the hall for years. Here you are, Holmes. In fact, Barrymore's father was there before him. Did Barrymore profit by Sir Charles' will? He and his wife had 500 pounds each. Ah. Did they know they would receive this? Yes, Sir Charles often spoke about his will. Mr. Holmes... I hope you do not look with suspicion upon everyone who received a legacy from Sir Charles. I myself had a thousand pounds left to me. Indeed. What have you been writing on those forms, Holmes? I thought it would be as well to make sure whether Barrymore is indeed in Devon. The first telegram is addressed to him at Baskerville Hall. Ah. He's all ready for Sir Henry. I see. And the other to the postmaster at Grimpen. Telegram for Mr. Barrymore to be delivered into his own hand. If absent, please return wire to Sir Henry Baskerville, Northumberland Hotel. That should do the trick, Holmes. Ah, uh, that'll be the man to report on my missing boots. Missing boots? Uh, come in. Well, have you found them? I have found nothing, sir. Now, listen, I can take a joke with a best Sir Henry, but... calm yourself. It can only be an error. Error? They're playing me for a sucker in this hotel. I've made inquiry all over the hotel, sir. But I can hear no word of it. Error. Mr. Holmes, I ask you, for the second time I've had a boot stolen. It shall be found, sir. I promise you that if you will have a little patience... Patience is what I'm running out of. Now listen, you. Either that boot comes back before sundown or I'll see the manager and tell him that I go straight out of this hotel. 
Why should anyone want to steal a boot? Well, that's what I'd like to know. You say for the second time. Now, I'd no sooner bought a new pair of tan boots yesterday and put them outside my door to be varnished than one of them disappeared. Now, this morning I put out my old black boots and one of them vanished. And now all I've got left is this pair of... Sir pa- Henry, look here, uh, under this cabinet. <clears throat> my missing boot. That is the first one that was stolen, one of the new pair you had never worn. Yes. It is very singular. I searched this room very carefully. And so did I. Must have been returned when we went down to breakfast. Well, perhaps I'd better get these telegrams off for you, Hope. In a moment, Watson. Sir Henry, I must urge you now, do not go alone to Dartmoor. Dr. Mortimer returns with me. Dr. Mortimer has his practice to attend to, and I understand his house is miles away from yours. Then, uh, Mr. Holmes, is it possible that you yourself... Not at the present time, I'm afraid. However, if my good friend would undertake it, there is no man who is better worth having at your side. Holmes, do you really think I... Well, now, Dr. Watson, that's real kind of you. If you'll come down to Baskerville Hall and see me through, I'll never forget it. Are you armed, Watson? I have my revolver with me, Holmes. Well, keep it near you night and day. Well, I hope Dr. Watson won't find that much excitement at Baskerville Hall, Mr. Holmes. Did you find that other boot, Sir Henry? No, not a sign of it. Come along, Sir Henry. The train will be moving in a moment. After you, Dr. Mortimer. Better come up, Dr. Watson. Uh, One more word, Watson. What is it, Holmes? Is it that matter of the boot? You you seem very concerned. I am not easy in my mind about sending you, Watson. Oh, come now, Holmes. You said you trusted me. It's an ugly, dangerous business. Thread after thread slips through our fingers. Young Cartwright has reported the whole waste baskets uh, yielded nothing. Well, you expected that. And the answer came from Barrymore's well. Apparently, he is at the hole. I I must go, Holmes. Uh, You are to report to me, Watson. Everything that happens... Even things which may seem of no importance to you. What you see, what you feel, what you hear. I understand, Holmes. Goodbye, Mr. Holmes. Goodbye. Sir Henry, heed the advice of the family legend. Avoid the moors in those hours of the night when the powers of evil are exalted. You will forgive me if I turn back to Grimpen as soon as I've seen you to the hall, Sir Henry. Patience waiting, Mortimer. Oh, perhaps, but mainly I'm rather anxious to see my wife and my dog again. <laughs> they will be waiting. <laughs> your wife and your dog. I hope in that order. <laughs> my wife sometimes asks the same question, though she too is fond of little Celia. I don't think Sir Henry has heard a word we've been saying, Watson. No, he's too full of his first sight of the moor. Well, how'd you find it, Sir Henry? Hmm? I suppose the moor is a bit melancholy. I find it exciting. So you should, sir. For it's the home of your fathers. Uh And don't you worry, we'll get you there before dark. I said to the wife when the message came from the hall that your driver was indisposed... I said to her, why Henry Hodgkins is closer to the neighborhood, Henry Hodgkins is postmaster to the neighborhood, why shouldn't he be coachman to the neighborhood? (laughs) (laughs) And it is beautiful. In all my travels, I've never seen a place to compare with this. Hello? What's that? Well, oh, I see, on that steep curve. It's a mounted soldier with a rifle. Why are there soldiers? There's a convict escaped from Princeton, sir. Oh, indeed. Uh, Princeton is a prison, Sir Henry. Ah. Only 14 miles away. Ah. Well, I suppose the farmers are watchful too, then. 
I believe they get five pounds for giving information. This is a man that would stick at nothing. It's Selden, the Notting Hill murderer. Ah, I remember that case well. Suddenly, it seems a cold place to shelter. Has a wind blown up? It's because it's getting dark, sir. I don't blame you for a bit of a shiver when the moor is dark. Gee up, dear. We'll have you home in a wink, Sir Henry. Uh-huh. And the old hall will be glad to see a Baskerville again. For as I said to your man Barrymore when Sir Charles was killed... Was killed? You know Sir Charles died of natural causes, Hodgkins. Oh, yes, sir, of course. I read the Devon Chronicle. We all know what it said there, but... Now, Hodgkins, I stop the horses. There's a lady. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, a most beautiful lady. Let's offer her a lift. Why, it's Miss Stapleton. Miss Stapleton! Uh, ma'am, ma'am, can we take you somewhere? There's plenty of room. Room. Well, now, why did she run off like that? Perhaps she doesn't like the look of a rough Canadian. <laughs> Shall we follow the lady to assure her my new clothes will soon arrive from London? Nonsense, Sir Henry. She's probably afraid of strangers because of this convict. Or in a hurry to see her brother. They live together at Mary Pitt House. Oh, well, I didn't expect every neighbor to welcome me as I drove on the moor. After all, someone did write a note warning me to stay away, hey, Watson? All right, Hodgkins, on to Baskerville Hall. Giddy up! Yeah, yeah, all right. said you wish to see me, Sir Henry. Oh, uh, to thank you for an excellent dinner, Mrs. Barrymore. It's the best I've had since I left Canada. Oh, that's very kind of you, sir. We've done our best to cheer up the dining room. I hope you don't find it too gloomy, sir. Well, no doubt it was gay once, when fiddlers played from that gallery. Mm. No doubt. I hope the house doesn't work on your nerves, Sir Henry, as it did upon your uncle's. Thank you, sir. Uh, thank you, as a matter of fact, Watson, I don't mind telling you I'm rather glad your bedroom is in the same wing as mine. So am I. It seemed foolish in the daytime, but at night, I think I should be glad Holmes made me take my revolver. You have never been at the hall before, Sir Henry? Uh, no, no. Uh, my father went to live on the South Coast. He was uh, Sir Charles's second brother, you know. And after he died, I went straight to America. Are there other relatives? Oh, forgive my prying, Sir Henry... But Mr. Holmes has asked for this information. I must send in my regular report, you know. There was one other brother, my Uncle Roger. He was the black sheep of the family, I'm told. Supposed to be the very image of old Sir Hugo, who sent all the Baskervilles to the dogs. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, he's dead. He died in Central America, yellow fever. You fancy some cheese, sir? Oh, Barrymore, you startled me. I'm sorry, Sir Henry. Yes, you move pretty still, uh, pretty quietly, Barrymore. Indeed, sir. Now, never mind the cheese, Barrymore. They'd stay and tell me a little about my neighbors. Uh, you know, who came here to visit my uncle, who I'm expected to call on, that sort of thing. Well, I understand, sir. Well, sir, there wasn't much company for Sir Charles on the moor. Mm-hmm. He saw Mr. Stapleton and his sister sometimes. Ah, Miss Stapleton. The beautiful lady and my uncle were on friendly terms then. Oh, yes, sir. It uh, had crossed my mind, Watson, that... Uh, Uh, Well, never mind. Uh, Carry on, Barrymore. I believe Mr. Stapleton is a well-known naturalist, sir. You may encounter him easily if you go walking on the moor. Well, we intend to be careful about that. 
Are there other neighbours? Aside from Dr Mortimer, who is not exactly a neighbour, there's only Mr Frankland of Laughter Hall, with whom you might wish to have acquaintance, sir. Sir Charles was a very quiet man, and Mr Franklin will... If I may say so, sir, he is of a choleric disposition, and usually when he visited, I believe there was a dispute. Hmm. Sir Charles didn't care to see him often. I see. Well, uh, thank you, Barrymore. Thank you, sir. So, at least one neighbour and Sir Charles were at odds. I shall certainly put that in my report to Holmes. Uh, would you mind if we retire early, Dr. Watson? I'm done in. Not at all. What? Oh, it was only Barrymore flitting by the doorway. He does move stealthily. Hmm. He's a handsome chap, isn't he? Unusual. The height, the square-cut black beard. I know what you're thinking, Watson. The man with the square-cut black beard who followed me in London. But we sent a telegram to Barrymore to make sure he was here at the time, and the postmaster said it was delivered. Yes, quite right. Anyway, the Barrymores have been serving the Baskervilles for generations. And also gained a thousand pounds by your uncle's death. Sir Henry... Who's there? Watson, Watson! Shh, shh. Sir Henry, it is I, Watson. I only wanted to set your mind at rest. I just remember the cab driver said the man who hired him to follow you, the man with the black beard, hmm. was about middle height. Barrymore is much too tall. Oh, oh well, uh, all right. Uh, good night. Sir Henry... Who's there? On the other hand... Don't you think we had better speak to Hodgkins all the same to, to make sure Barrymore has been here all along? After all, the cab driver could have been mistaken about the man's height. Yes. Yes, perhaps. It's easy to make a mistake of a few inches. I don't know. Oh, we'll do it then. Good night. Sir Henry? Oh, now, really, Watson? Is it something more No, 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 no. I'd just like you to come to the door a moment and listen. Listen? I'd like to know if you hear what I hear. Oh, very well. Well, what is it you hear? Shh! Just listen a moment. Do you hear it? Yes. It, it, it sounds like a woman crying. That's what I thought. <laughs> Why should a woman be crying at Baskerville Hall? See your way now, Sir Henry. Yeah, we uh, follow that path along the edge of the moor. Yes, sir. It'll take you straight into Grimpen. About four miles, is it? Uh, yes. You can't miss your way, sir. Uh, Barrymore. Yes, sir. Uh, last night, as we were retiring, Dr. Watson and I both heard a strange sound. Indeed, sir. It sounded as if a woman were sobbing somewhere in the house. I'm uh, at a loss to account for it, sir. You didn't hear it yourself? Oh, no, sir. There are only two women in the house, Sir Henry. One is the scullery maid who sleeps in the other wing. Oh, too far for us to have heard her. The other is my wife. I can answer for it that the sound could not have come from her. John. John, are you there? I had a message. Oh, excuse me, Sir Henry. I, I didn't know you. You, 
Is that all, sir? Uh, yes. We'll uh, carry on our way, Barrymore. Very well, sir. Sir Henry, did you notice Mrs. Barrymore's eyes? Yes, red and swollen. Why should he lie? Well, perhaps it's a personal matter. Then why not say so? He took a risk. He knew we might see her. What, what was that? Oh, no. Heaven help him. It's one of those miserable moor ponies. Miss Stapleton. But what's happened to him? Look there. The green spots on the plain. Yes. What are they? That is the great Grimpen Mire. A false step there means death to man or beast. That's the second pony which has wandered into it since the autumn rains and been sucked up. Dreadful. From here, it looks like a rare place for a gallop. So no one can penetrate there? No man in his senses. At least, my brother can go there. He has found one or two paths. But why should he wish to? I mean, in such danger... He is a naturalist. The hills beyond the mire offer the rarest plants and butterflies. Uh, Miss Stapleton, uh, forgive my bluntness. When I saw you yesterday, I thought you were a pretty rare plant yourself to grow on the moor. And yet you ran away from me, even though we had not been introduced. Yes, I ran from you yesterday. But today I have come to intercept you. To inter... To warn you. Sir Henry, go back. Go back? But, Miss Stapleton, we are not going towards the mire. Ah, is it the escaped convict that worries you? No, no. I mean, go back, straight back to London. To London? I cannot explain, but for God's sake, do what I ask you. Go, and never set foot upon the moor again. But I've only just come. Can't you tell when a warning is for your own good? Go back to London. Get away from this place at all costs. That'll be tuppence, then, Mrs. Frisby, and just leave it with me. Oh, thank you, Mr. Hodgkins. Good morning, Hodgkins. Ah, good morning to you, Dr. Watson, and Sir Henry, too. Been having a bit of a walk, have you? <laughs> How did you know that? In a little place like this, Sir Henry, the Lord of Baskerville Hall makes news, you know. Can I do something to help you, gentlemen? Well, I hope you can. Last week, do you recall receiving a telegram to be delivered to Mr. Barrymore? Uh, last week, now, last mm. week. Now, let me see now. It was uh, signed by me, uh, asking him if the hall was ready to receive me. Do you recall that message? Oh, ah, yes, 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 I do now, sir. It came along with another one, saying the telegram was to be delivered directly into Barrymore's hand. And was it? Took it myself, sir. My boy was away. I had some groceries to deliver, you see, so I carried the telegram with me and... And you put it in Barrymore's hand? Well, uh, he was up in the loft at the time. So I couldn't put it into his hands, but I gave it into Mrs. Barrymore's hands, and she said... Oh, hang it. Did you see Mr. Barrymore? No, sir. I tell you, he was up in the loft. Well, if you didn't see him, how do you know he was in the loft? Well, surely his own wife ought to know where he is. Begging your pardon, gentlemen, but was there any mistake? And even then, gentlemen, again begging your pardon, it does seem to me it'd be for Mr. Barrymore to complain. I see, Sir Henry, that you are not a superstitious man. Well, I... I beg your pardon? This gentleman must be Mr. Stapleton, Sir Henry, your neighbour. Ah, you have heard of me, Dr. Watson, and no doubt recognise me by my butterfly net. And I, of course, have heard of your coming. 
Excuse my presumption, Sir Henry, and welcome to the neighborhood. Oh, what did you mean that I am not a superstitious man? Oh, well, we were all rather afraid that after the sad death of Sir Charles, the new baronet might refuse to live here. Of course, you know the legend, Dr. Watson, of the fiend dog which haunts the Baskervilles? I have heard of it. It's extraordinary how credulous the peasants are about here. Any number of them are ready to swear that they have seen such a creature upon the moor. The story worked havoc on the nerves of your poor uncle, Sir Henry. I have no doubt that it led to his tragic end. How so? I fancy he really did see some animal on that last night in New Alley. With his nerves in such a state and his diseased heart, well, unless you have some other explanation. We have come to no conclusion, Mr. Stapleton. Has Mr. Sherlock Holmes? I... What makes you ask about (laughs) Dr. Watson? You are famous. It is no use trying to deny your identity. If you are here, it follows that Mr. Holmes is interesting himself in the matter. Uh, Dr. Watson is here as my guest, Mr. Stapleton. Oh, of course. It is only that if there are any suspicions, and if I knew what they were, I might be able to help you. I was very fond of the old gentleman, you see, and though I came to live here after he did, a stranger by local reckoning, I... Ah, Beryl. Excuse me, Jack. I didn't know. I've just met Sir Henry and his guest. You come and meet them, too. My sister, sir. We've already had the pleasure. Oh? Really? Yes. This morning. I forgot to mention it to you, Jack. What a strange thing to forget. Well, I have been so preoccupied. Yes, we met, and Sir Henry was kind enough to fetch me an orchid I had seen growing among some mare's tails. Well, that was kind. Perhaps Sir Henry and Dr. Watson will be even kinder and allow us to repay the favor. Will you dine with us at Mary Pitt House tomorrow? Perhaps Sir Henry will no longer be here tomorrow. Really? Why should that be? I I don't know. I had heard his visit would be of short duration. I'm afraid it's village gossip, Miss Stapleton. I'm sure Dr. Watson and I will be delighted to dine with you. Hmm? Oh, yes, certainly. And another time, if you would care for a hardy walk, I can take you across the moor to a place you should find most... Interesting, Sir Henry. Well, I'm... Oh, I can understand you may be reluctant to walk on the moor, but you are quite safe with me. As my sister will tell you, there is no man in Devon who knows the moor better than I do. Is that you, Sir Henry? Ah, good morning, Watson. Beautiful morning. Where have you been? I've been terribly worried since I first found you gone. Well, I was just having an early walk. There's no need for concern. Ah, coffee. <sighs> you know, Mr. Holmes said I was to be with you at all times. Well, there must be exceptions, Watson, when a Canadian farmer goes a-wooing. Have you been... Oh, oh excuse me. <laughs> a certain lovely lady confided in me at dinner last night that she likes to walk early in the morning to hunt orchids. I think she warms to me, Watson. But you must not take risks. Mr. Holmes Mr. Holmes was concerned about the hours of darkness. Anyway, no harm's going to come to me when I'm with Miss Stapleton. You know how concerned she is for me? Yes, but I don't know why. Well, her temperament, she takes old legends seriously. So perhaps should you, Sir Henry, even on your own ground. Oh, nonsense. Who in the world could harm me here? Excuse me, Sir Henry. Good heavens. Large box has arrived from your tailor in London. I've had it placed in your bedroom, sir. Splendid. Also, Dr. Mortimer sent word that he will call round this afternoon. Oh, very good. Oh, uh, Barrymore. Sir? I uh, sent you a telegram last week. No, no, Sir Henry. Yes, sir? Was it delivered into your own hands? 
Why, sir, I... I can answer that question, sir. Eliza. Mr. Barrymore was in the box room at the time. I took the telegram up to him. The box room? Did you answer it yourself, Barrymore? He told me what to answer, sir. I see. May I ask, sir, the object of your questions? Have we done anything to forfeit your confidence? No, no, Barrymore. Perhaps it would be as well if I told you now, sir, that Mrs. Barrymore and I would like to leave as soon as you can replace her. No, no, John, we can't go yet. Uh, Barrymore, my questions were not based on any dissatisfaction. Nor is our decision, sir. Mrs. Barrymore and I have been thinking for some time of opening a small business. And now, of course, you have the opportunity, having received a legacy. That is quite right, sir. So as soon as you are suited, Sir Henry... Uh, Barrymore, don't be hasty. You've been with the family so long I should hate to lose you. I'd think it over a little longer and, uh... Well, perhaps you'll be good enough to help me unpack that box from my tailor. I imagine I'll find I won't need some of the clothes I brought with me now. So if I may persuade you, Oh, you'll be grateful, sir. Uh, And, sir, we won't be hasty. As you suggest, we will think it over. I hardly expected to find you in the U alley, Sir Henry. Quiet, Celia. Well, I'm glad to meet your little spaniel at last. My ferocious Celia. (laughs) She's sometimes snappy, I'm afraid. Enough to terrify certain small boys. Really? Uh, Was your dog with you here the night you discovered my uncle's body? I really cannot recall. She's most often with me. Why do you ask? No, just uh, something Stapleton said. I wonder why he brought her here to such a... Quiet life. He told me once he'd had a school in the North Country, but an epidemic broke out and the school never recovered from the blow. There you both are. Sir Henry, I just had a most astonishing encounter with one of your neighbours. Oh, which one was that? Uh, Mr. Franklin. I was passing by Laughter Hall and he pounced on me. He'd spied you with his telescope. Yes. He is an amateur astronomer and is now spending his days scanning for the escaped convict. Very little goes on about the moor which escapes him. Or anywhere else, apparently. He launched quite a tirade against you, Mr. Mortimer. You've been digging up his ancestors. I... Oh! (laughs) (laughs) I've been excavating a barrow at Longdown. I've found a skull there which has excited me immensely. Well, it's excited Franklin, too. He's going to sue you for opening a grave without the consent of the next of kin. Is he serious? No doubt, but don't be concerned, Sir Henry. It is another of Mr. Franklin's hobbies. He has spent a fortune on suing to have a right-of-way opened up or sue to have one closed. At the present moment, I believe he is involved in no less than seven lawsuits. Oh. What is it, Dr. Mortimer? It's nothing. I I had not realised as we were walking... You are standing on the exact spot where Sir Charles' body lay, Dr. Watson. Am I? There is the Moor Gate, where the old gentleman stood smoking his cigar. You recall, I found he had dropped cigar ash there. Yes. Was he watching something on the Moor? Something which terrified him, which caused him to cry out for help? What is it, Celia? Hush. I saw a shadow. I think it was Barrymore. Ah, well, to continue... Wait until he's out of earshot. Why, Dr. Watson, you surely don't suspect... Why, 
Why, Barrymore was with me. We found Sir Charles together. We heard him cry out and... Could you swear it was Sir Charles' voice that cried out? Well, uh, no, Then can you be sure that when Barrymore looked on Sir Charles' dead body with you, he looked on it for the first time? My dear Holmes, I trust my reports have some helped you. As I wrote you, we have, after all, no proof that Barrymore was not in London that day Sir Charles was followed. But it is hard for me to see what interest he could have in persecuting the Baskerville family. There seems to be a deep and subtle net weaving about Sir Henry, and I pray that you will soon be free to come here yourself. For I must confess, I find the burden of responsibility... What's that? Uh-huh. Well, let's see about this. Shh. Sir Henry. Oh, what is it, Watson? Whisper. Look there. Down the corridor. Barrymore. Barefooted. With a candle. Well, let's follow him. These rooms are unfurnished at this end. What could he want in one of them? He stopped. Not a sound now. Whatever he's doing, we must plan our next move. Can you see him? Yes. He's holding a candle at the window. As if he's... Signaling someone on the moor. Go back, Jack. We've walked so long. You've come so far and not to see the place itself. We're almost there, Beryl. Uh, here's a leg up, Dr. Watson. It's been a rough climb, right enough. Oh, thank you. Ah, here we are. Don't you recognize it, Sir Henry? Don't you hear your ancestors speaking to you? I don't. Jack. This is where it took place, Sir Henry. This is the birthplace of your family legend. Here? Among these jagged stones? On this very spot, they say, Sir Hugo met his death. I'd like to go. Henry, please take Henry, me. how friendly we become so soon. Jack. Baskerville, take your hand off my sister. Well, look here, Stapleton. I don't understand. You must have noticed, Stapleton, that your sister and I... I have noticed altogether too much. But what have you got against me? You knew my uncle? Please, please. Jack, look, it's growing dark. We must go back, Sir Henry. But I must know. What is it? Beryl, what is it? I, I don't know. Bogs. Bogs make weird noises sometimes. The, the mud settling. Or... Or the water rising. That was a living voice. Perhaps it was a bittern. Did you ever hear a bittern booming? It's a very rare bird, of course. Almost extinct. Of course, that's not what the peasants say make the sound. What do the peasants say it is? The peasants say it is the hound of the Baskervilles calling for its prey.
tell you, Eliza, we are running out of time. We cannot take further risks. Oh, surely we can wait just a little longer. John, let's risk it at least another day or two. We dare not. We dare... Oh, oh Dr. Watson. Are you catching a chill, sir? Oh, oh no, I, I don't think... Think I am. I rang for breakfast, Barrymore, but no one seemed to hear the bell. I'm sorry, sir. The bell is weak and I was engrossed in conversation. If you'll go and sit down, sir. Yes, I shall. Breakfast will be ready directly, sir. Thank you, Mrs. Barrymore. Ah, Sir Henry, you're down early. Well, am I? Looks a bit like rain. Oh, yes, yes, it does. You seem to be feeling cheerful, Watson. Intrigued would be a better word. I just overheard a most interesting bit of conversation. Mm. I wonder what Holmes would make of it. I shall quote it in my next report, of course. When I add it to the fact that Barrymore prowls the halls upstairs, holding candles up to the windows... Add it to the fact that we sat up till three this morning waiting to trap Barrymore and didn't see a thing. We fell asleep, Sir Henry. Perhaps too soon? Yeah. Are you game to try again tonight? Excuse uh, me, Sir Henry. Mr. Stapleton is here to see you. Oh, is he? Well, tell him to go away again. Um, bring me my breakfast. Very good, sir. Sir Henry. Well, give me one good reason why I should see him. You were there when he turned on me. You heard how he raged because of my interest in his sister. Yes, but sure. Yes, ordered her never to see me again. And off she went with him without a word. But why? What has he against me, Watson? I've been fond of her from the moment I saw her. I fancied she'd grown fond of me. I thought we oh, might... Oh, please, Well, Mr. I wish to see Sir Henry at once. Well, yes, I know, but... Everything... Now, look here, Stapleton. I'll explain, Barrymore. Must allow me a moment, Sir Henry. I understand your refusal to see me, but look here, when a fellow has acted like a fool, you should allow him to admit it and apologize. It's all right, Barrymore. Very good, sir. I am sorry, Sir Henry. I can't understand why you flew at me like that. I felt from the moment I first saw your sister that we were made for each other. I want to marry her. Now, you can't object to my financial position or my... Excuse me, Sir Henry. I think I should... No, oh, stay, Watson. Look, I, I... I don't know how to explain. I've always been a very lonely man. She has been my only companion. Did you expect to hold on to a beautiful thing like that forever? No, no. At least, if I did, I realize how foolish it was. But I must get used to the idea. Baskerville, please give me a little time. Give me three months. Let us be neighborly. Let's be friendly. But don't speak to her of love. Not for three months. At the end of that time... Excuse me, sir. Will Mr. Stapleton be having breakfast? Uh, yes, Barrymore. Mr. Stapleton and I are being neighborly for three months. There he is. We've got him this time. Well, what do you think we should do? Wait a while. See what happens. Oh, let's have it over. Barrymore! <gasps> sir Henry. What are you doing with that candle at that window? I was uh, I was seeing if the window was fastened, sir. Really? Who do you think would unfasten it in an empty room? Well, I I, I don't know, sir. I, I only... You uh, were signaling uh, someone. And we're determined to have the truth, Barrymore. Oh, please, sir, don't ask. Here, let me have that candle. I give you my word, sir. I meant no harm. If it were my secret... There it is. An answering light from the moor. Mary Moore, who's out there? Sir, I, I cannot tell you. Then you'll leave my employment right away. By thunder, your family has lived with mine for over a hundred years under this roof. And here I find you deep in some dark plot against me. Oh, no. No, 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 sir. Not against you. Mrs. Barrymore. Oh, sir, you mustn't blame my husband. He's done nothing but for my sake. Well, speak out, then. Well, what does it mean? It... 
It's my unhappy brother. That light is a signal that food is ready for him, and he places a light to show us where to take the food. He daresn't stay long in one place, And your place, brother sir, must be Selden. Yes, sir. Selden, the escaped convict. Oh, sir, when he dragged himself here one night, weary and starving, with the warders hard at his heels, what could we do? We, we took him in and cared for him. In this house? And then you came, and he, he had to take to the moor. He'll stay only until he can make an escape when the watch is thinned out. Well, that's the whole story, sir. I, I swear it. Well, I suppose we can't blame you for standing by your brother, or you, Barrymore, for standing by your wife. You'd better go to bed now. We'll talk more about this in the morning. Good night, sir. Thank you, Sir Henry. That light on the moor where he waits for his food, how far does it look to you, Watson? Oh, not more than a mile or two. Mm. It is out by the cleft tor, I should think. Yes. Sir Henry, if you're thinking what I'm thinking... Come on, Watson, let's get out on the moor and take that man. There's the light now. We're very close. Have you got your revolver? Ready. Are you armed? Well, I have my hunting crop. We must take him by surprise. Mm. He's said to be a desperate fellow. Do you realize that the Stapletons live alone with only one old servant? Beryl has no protection but our brother, and he isn't very big. I hope Holmes would approve of this action. Yeah, perhaps not. He said to heed the old legend, avoid the moor in that hour of darkness in which the power of evil... <gasps> don't, don't pay any attention, Sir Henry. Remember when we heard it at Stapleton? He said it might be some strange bird. It's a hound, Watson. You know it's a hound. It's from the direction of the mire. Oh, my God, Watson. Can there be some truth in all these stories? You don't believe it, do you? No, 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 no. Of course not. How could I believe in a hell But there was a hound's footprint beside my uncle's body as he lay dead. Sir Henry, you're as cold as ice. Let's turn back. No, by thunder, we'll see this through if all the fiends of hell... There he is. Oh, my God! Is that a human face? Let me... He sees us! Look out for that rock, Sir Henry! After him! Well, shoot, Watson, shoot! I can't, Sir Henry. My revolver is for defense. I can't shoot an unarmed man who's running away. Oh, he's out of range anyhow. Sir Henry! Stop! What? Look! What? Silhouetted on the door. Another man. Hey, I see. Just as the moon breaks. It's uncanny. Standing with his arms folded. Tall, thin... Like something rising out of the tor itself. But who can it be? My dear Holmes, how I wish you were here. Sir Henry is distressed since last night because of that dreadful baying of the hound. For myself, I am not so concerned with supernatural questions as I am about that second stranger on the moor. Could he be dogging our footsteps? The same man who dogged Sir Henry in London? The same man who sent the warning to Sir Henry to keep away from here? The same man, perhaps, who stole Sir Henry's old boot? These and other questions... Uh, Watson, can you spare a moment? Oh, certainly, Sir Henry. I'll come in, Barrymore. Sir Henry, perhaps I spoke too warmly. Barrymore considers that he has a grievance... Now, he told us in confidence about his brother-in-law, and then we went after him. But, my dear fellow, the man is a public danger. There are lonely houses scattered over the moor. He'll break into no house, sir. I give you my solemn word on that. He'll never trouble anyone in this country again. 
In a very few days, the necessary arrangements will have been made, and he will be on his way to South America. The police have given up the chase on the moor. If you say nothing, he can lie quiet until the ship is ready for him. Well, what do you say, Watson? If he were safely out of the country, it would relieve the taxpayer of a burden. But how about the chance of us holding someone up before he goes? He wouldn't do anything so mad, sir. The demon that plagued him is gone. He's a changed man. I'm not so sure of that. I saw his face. Sir, it'll kill my wife if he's taken again. Well, I guess we are aiding and abetting a felony, but... Uh... Oh, God bless you, sir. Eliza! Oh, I overheard, and I'm so grateful. I, I shall never forget your kindness, sir. All yours, Dr. Watson. Yes, well, well, there's no need to thank me, really. Oh, John, I want you to tell Sir Henry what we know. What you know? Eliza! About that night, I... I want you to tell John I think we owe it to Sir Henry. Please. <sighs> Very well, Eliza. But I think you're making mountains out of molehills. Suppose you let us judge the size of the hill, Barrymore. Well, sir, on the night of Sir Charles's death, he was out late, walking in the U Alley. Yes, yes, we know. Have you ever wondered, sir, why he stood so long at the Moor Gate? Dr. Mortimer found his cigar ash dropped by the gate. Yes, 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 we've wondered about that. We know why he was at the gate at that hour. What? Tell us, man. It was to meet a woman, sir. A woman? My uncle? Who was she? I don't know her name, sir, but I can give you the initials. Her initials were L.L. Can you understand, sir, why we've kept silent? We were so fond of Sir Charles. How do you know about this, Barrymore? Well, Sir Henry, the morning of the day he died, your uncle had only one letter in the post. He had usually a great many, for so many people asked him for help. But there was only the one that morning, so I noticed it particular. It was in a woman's hand, and it came from Coombe Tracy, which is not far from here, sir. Well? Well, sir, I, I thought no more of the matter. But a few weeks ago, my wife was cleaning out the grate in Sir Charles's study. So long afterwards? Well, I hadn't wanted to go near that room at first, sir. You found the letter in the grate? Uh, not the letter, sir. The ashes. Only one little bit had escaped the burning. It seemed to be a postscript signed L.L., and it crumbled in my hand even as I read it. Well, go on, for heaven's sake. What did the postscript say? It said, Please, please, as you are a gentleman, burn this letter and be at the gate by ten o'clock. Dr. Watson! Oh, is it you, Dr. Mortimer? I'm going by Baskerville Hall. Can I take you there? Yes, very kind of you. I hadn't realized how hard it was raining when I set off. Out walking on the moor, I see. A strange day for it, indeed. Grimp and Ma will be a morass if these rains keep up. My little spaniel has disappeared, Watson. Little Celia. Oh, really? Well, she'll turn up again. Perhaps she wandered off into the moor and, well... I know the thought which has crossed your mind. The mire. I pray not. I've searched everywhere. Mortimer, perhaps you can help me with a search of my own. You know most people within driving distance, I suppose. Indeed, yes. Can you tell me the name of any woman whose initials are L.L.? L.L.? No. There are a few gypsies and labouring folk of whom I cannot answer, but among the farmers or gentry, I don't... Wait a bit. There is Laura Lyon. Laura Lyon? Oh, but she lives in Coombe Tracy. Ah, does she? 
Who is the lady? Well, she's Franklin's daughter. Franklin the Crank? Exactly. She married an artist named Lyons, who proved to be a blackguard and deserted her. Her father refused to have anything to do with her for various reasons, I hear. Perhaps he allows her a pittance, but with all these lawsuits, it's probably very little. How does she live, then? Out of pity, several of the people here helped to set her up in a typewriting business. Stapleton did for one, and Sir Charles for another. I gave a trifle myself. Then a number of people in the neighborhood have some knowledge of Mrs. Lyon. Oh, yes, indeed. Your LL has, in one way or another, touched the lives of most of the gentlemen around Baskerville Hall. <laughs> is waiting outside with the wagonette, sir. Oh, thank you, Barrymore. Shall I tell Sir Henry? No, no, no. Sir Henry said he would be writing letters this morning. I'm going alone. Tell Perkins I will be out directly. Very good, sir. Has this precious relation of yours departed, Barrymore, or is he still lurking out yonder? I don't know, sir. I hope to heaven he's gone. I've not heard of him since I left out food for him last, and that was three days ago. Did you see him then? No, sir. But the food was gone when next I went that way. Then he was certainly there. Yes, sir. Unless it was the other man who took it. You know there is another man on the moor, then? Selden told me of him, sir, a week or so or more. He's hiding, too, but he's not a convict, so far as I can make out. Oh, I don't like it, sir. I don't like any of these goings-on. There's not a man will cross the moor after dark if he is paid for it. Barrymore, you're becoming distressed. Look at this stranger now, hiding and watching and waiting. What does it mean? It means no good to anyone of the name of Baskerville, sir. Now, but tell me, what more you know of the stranger? What did Selden say? Does he know where the man lives? Among the old houses on the hillside. The stone huts where the old folk used to live. But where would he get food? Selden found out that he's got a lad who works for him, brings him all he needs. I dare say he goes to Coombe Tracy for what he wants. Coombe Tracy. Dr. Watson, I have already told you I knew Sir Charles Baskerville. How well did you know him, Mrs. Lyons? If it was not for the generosity of Sir Charles and some of his friends, I might have starved to death. Did you correspond with him? I... What is the object of all these questions? The object, madam, is to avoid a public scandal. Did you correspond with him? Once or twice, to acknowledge his generosity. Did you ask his help directly? No. Then how could... There were several gentlemen who knew my sad history and united to help me. One was... Go on. Mr. Stapleton was very kind. It was through him that Sir Charles learned about my affairs. Did you ever write to Sir Charles asking him to meet you? Really, sir, this is a very extraordinary question. I am sorry, madam, but I must repeat it. Then I answer, certainly not. Not on the very day of Sir Charles' death? No. Not a message which ended, please, please, as you are a gentleman, burn this letter and be at the gate by ten? Is there no such thing as a gentleman? Do you acknowledge you wrote the letter? Yes. Yes, I acknowledge it. I did write it. I have no reason to be ashamed. I needed help. I asked to see but him. But why at such an hour? I had just learned he was going to London the next day. I could not get to Baskerville Hall early. And why a rendezvous in the garden instead of a visit to the house? Do you think a woman could go alone at that hour to a bachelor's house? Well, what happened when you did get there? I never went. Mrs. Lyons? No, I swear to you on all I hold sacred, I never went. Why not? Something 
intervened. What intervened? That is a private matter. I cannot tell it. Mrs. Lyons, you are making a mistake by concealing anything. If I have to call in the police, you will find out how seriously you are compromised. I am telling you the truth. Then why did you deny writing to Sir Charles to meet you? Because I feared scandal. I've had enough of that in my life. What help did you ask of Sir Charles? I asked none, for I did not see him that night. If I had, I was going to ask for money. I've been informed that there was some hope I could obtain a divorce if only I had enough money. Then what changed your plans? Um, Someone came to my aid. You will not name him? No. Mrs. Lyons, Sir Charles went to the Moorgate to meet you. Do you not see what that might mean? If you did keep the appointment... You cannot prove I did. I can... Find the trap which took me there. Find the person who drove it. And if you think I walked all the way to Baskerville Hall, Dr. Watson, find someone who saw me. Mr. Franklin, on the roof, gentlemen. Thank you. <laughs> After you on the stairs, Sir Henry. What do you expect to find from old Franklin, Watson? I don't know. But if we can get him talking about his daughter... Yeah, but he's estranged from her. Very likely he knows nothing that can help us. No, oh, we have little to lose. And you remember Dr. Mortimer saying Franklin watches the moor with his telescope? Yes, and very little escapes him. Yes, perhaps. But let's not be too long about it. We're invited to Mary Pitt House for tea with the Stapleton, remember? Through this door onto the roof, I presume. Ah, Mr. Franklin. My neighbor, Sir Henry and Dr. Watson. Welcome, gentlemen. I've been watching your approach. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Through your telescope yonder. It is a great day for me, gentlemen. One of the red-letter days of my life. I have brought off a double event. Well, wonderful, Mr. Franklin, but uh, we thought, if you don't mind... I that... have established a right-of-way through the centre of old Middleton's Park. Slap across it, Sir Henry, within a hundred yards of his own front door. <laughs> and I've closed the wood where Fernworthy folk used to picnic. Mm. Both cases decided in my favour. Yeah. Oh, I've no doubt the Fernworthy people will burn me in effigy tonight. <laughs> oh, surely not. Oh, yes. I told the police last time they did it that they should stop these disgraceful exhibitions. The county constabulary is in a scandalous state, sir. I could tell them what they're dying to know, but will I help the rascals? No, I will not. Oh, some poaching case, no doubt. <laughs> a very much more important matter than that. What about the convict on the moor? You don't mean you know where he is? Well, not exactly that, but I... I know he's there somewhere. How could you know that? Because I've seen with my own eyes the messenger who takes him his food. Oh, look, Mr. Franklin, I can explain about that. Now, the person that you have a seen... A child. Isn't that surprising that a child should be the convict's confederate? What? He passes along the same path at the same hour every day. A child? Then it's not... Sir Henry, Barrymore said there was a lad... I, I should say it's more likely to be a shepherd's son, Mr. Franklin, taking out his father's Indeed, dinner. Indeed, sir. You may be sure I have good grounds before I come to an opinion. I've seen the boy again and again, sometimes twice a day with his bundle. I... Uh-huh. Uh, come and see for yourself. What? Do you see something through the telescope? Come and put your eye here. Don't you see him? There, 
moving upon that hillside. Sir Henry, hmm? look at this. Well, I, I see a ragged-looking boy with a bundle. Oh, does he not seem to you to have a secret errand? What secret do you think it is? Mr. Franklin, it has been most illuminating, but I'm afraid we must be off now. Really? Surely you're not going. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, yes, uh, I suppose we are. Goodbye, Mr. Franklin. Uh, goodbye. Oh. Why the great hurry, Watson? There's, there's plenty of time to get home and change before tea. I'm going after that boy. But, but what for? We agreed to leave Selden alone. It isn't Selden the boy takes food to. Barrymore told me Selden mentioned that other man. Yeah. He's the one with the child confederate. He may be the man who's been dogging our footsteps. Yeah, but, well, I, I promised Beryl. I must be there in time for tea. Could we not postpone the... Well, you go to tea at the Stapleton, Sir Henry. As for me, I mean to find the tall stranger. <laughs> My dear Holmes, you will scarcely believe where I sit writing you this report. In fact, it will be a rather nervous one, for I must keep my ears cocked, my revolver ready, and my eyes on the door, or rather, the opening which serves as a door. For I am in one of those prehistoric stone huts I wrote you about, in the very one, I am sure, which is used by the mysterious stranger. There are blankets rolled in a waterproof, which are far from prehistoric, the ashes of a fire. Aha. I see your shadow. My good man, let, let, let's have more, no more nonsense. No, no, no. C come inside. On such a lovely evening, I really think it will be more comfortable if you come out, my dear Watson. Holmes! So you actually thought I was the criminal? You saw me, no doubt, on the night you hunted the convict when I was so imprudent as to allow the moon to rise behind me. Yes, I saw you then, but I'd no idea where to look for you until your boy was observed. Ah, Mr. Franklin's telescope, of course. I could not make out what it was when I first saw the light flashing upon the lens. Ah, yes. Young Cartwright came up with me and has been supplying me with my simple needs. Clean linen, a loaf of bread... Well, I'm glad from my heart that you are here. For I have become nervous about the responsibility for Sir Henry. Where is he now? Should you not be with him? He is at tea with the Stapletons. Is he indeed? Well, I thought he would be safe. And it seemed more important to track down this mysterious... This mysterious Sherlock Holmes, eh? <laughs> So he is <laughs> mysterious. I thought you were in Baker Street working on that blackmailing uh, case. That is what I wished you to think. Uh, then you use me and yet you do not trust me. I think I have deserved better at your hands, Holmes. My dear Watson, you have been invaluable to me. But if my presence here were known, our opponents would have been on their guard. And for you to know could not have helped us, and would have been an unnecessary risk. But my reports, they have been wasted. I, I took such here trouble... Here are your reports, my dear fellow. Eh? And very well thumbed, I assure you. I made excellent arrangements, and they are only delayed one day upon their way. I must compliment you upon the zeal and intelligence you have shown over an extraordinarily difficult case. Well, <laughs> you are here now at any rate. That's better. The shadow rises from your face. Now, I want to hear about your visit to Mrs. Laura Lyons. You are aware, perhaps, that an intimacy exists between that lady and the man Stapleton. No, I... Now, if we could only use this knowledge to detach him from his wife... His wife? Ah. I see I am giving you some information now in return for all that you have given me. 
The lady who has passed here as Stapleton's sister is in reality his wife. Good heavens! Poor Sir Henry! That's why Stapleton grew so angry when Sir Henry expressed fondness for her. How did you find this out? Because you told me he had had a school in the North Country. The one piece of information he gave which happened to be true. No one is easier to trace than a schoolmaster, especially one devoted to entomology who disappears with his wife. Then Stapleton is the enemy? So I read the riddle. But what is the meaning of it all? What is he after? Oh, my God, what is it? Quick, Watson, it came from that direction. How can we find anything now? It's almost dark. Holmes, be careful. We could easily lose our way. There it is again. Hurry, hurry. Great heavens, if we're too late. Hound! The hound, Holmes! Watson, don't stop now. Holmes, look! Where? There. Lying on the hill. Oh. A body. Watson. Oh, Holmes. Holmes. It's Sir Henry fallen to his death. Yes. Even in twilight, there's no mistaking that suit. He wore it the first morning he came to see us in Baker Street. The brute, hound, the brute. Oh, Holmes, I shall never forgive myself for having left him to his fate. I am more to blame than you, Watson. In order to have my case well-rounded and complete, I've thrown away the life of my client. Come, let us to him. That villain Stapleton shall answer for this. I will see to that. Uncle and nephew murdered, the one frightened to death by the very sight of a beast he thought to be supernatural, the other driven to his end in a wild flight to escape from it. That light, Holmes, in the direction of Grimpham, it can only come from Stapleton's house. Why should we not seize him at once? Our case is not complete. We cannot even swear to the existence of the hound. It is not what we know, Watson, but what we can prove. And if we make one false move... What can we there do? There will be plenty for us to do tomorrow. Tonight we can only perform the last offices to our poor friend. Come and help me, Watson. I fear that we shall not be able to... Oh, 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 oh Watson. <laughs> Holmes, oh, Holmes, this oh. has been too much for you. Oh, a beard, Watson, a beard. The man has a beard. A beard? It's not the baronet. Look, it's my neighbor, the convict. Dreadful face. I saw it once. Yes, it is Selden, poor fellow. Why is he wearing Sir Henry's clothes? I can explain that. Sir Henry gave some clothes to Barrymore when the tailor sent the new outfit from London. Barrymore must have passed them on to his brother-in-law. Then they have led to his death. Why do you say that, Holmes? You remember the old boot which was stolen from Sir Henry's hotel room? Of course. First a new one was stolen, and then it was put because back. Because an old boot carries the scent of its wearer, Watson. The boot laid the scent on for the hound. And he tracked down the man wearing clothes of the same scent. Then Stapleton must have let the hound loose, thinking Sir Henry would be on the moor. Presumably it does not always run loose. Tea. My dear Watson, you surprise me at a moment like this. No, 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 Holmes. Sir Henry was invited to tea at the Stapleton. No, That's why... Please. Miss Stapleton. My dear, you shall see. Why do you and Stapleton. The man himself, by all that's wonderful and audacious. Shall you hide? I fear there's not time, Watson. It must be about here that I... Dr. Watson. I, I... I didn't expect to see you on the moor. Oh, dear me, what is this? Is somebody hurt? Yes, Stapleton. Somebody hurt. Not... 
Don't tell me it is our friend Sir Henry. I... But it... But it isn't. Who is this? It is Selden, the man who escaped from Princetown. <laughs> oh, dear me, how very... Well, I, I heard a cry and came out. I was uneasy about Sir Henry. I fear your sister has been unnerved by this sight, Mr. Stapleton. Ah, Mr. Holmes. So you know who we are. No, hush, hush, Beryl, hush. We know you, of course. We have been expecting Sherlock Holmes in these parts since Dr. Watson came down. Why were you particularly uneasy about Sir Henry, Mr. Stapleton? Uh, oh, well, he sent a message that he would be late for tea, and when I heard cries upon the moor, in fact, it was my sister who persuaded me to investigate, wasn't it, Beryl? Uh, tell me, Mr. Holmes, you heard nothing but the cry. Why? But... What else should we have heard? Oh, well, you know the stories the peasants tell about a phantom hound and so on. We heard nothing. In this fellow's anxiety, he has obviously rushed about the moor, half-crazed, and eventually fallen and broken his neck. Uh, well, it's, it is a pity, Mr. Holmes, you have come down in time to see such a tragedy. Yes. I will take an unpleasant remembrance back to London with me tomorrow. Oh? You leave tomorrow? I'm afraid I must. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I had hoped... Uh, my sister is lonely for people from the city at times. We lead such a gentle life here. Isn't that right, Beryl? Yes. Yes, that's right, Jack. Such a gentle life. Poor Mrs. Barrymore. She's uh, quite broken up about her brother. Evil indeed is the man who has not one woman to mourn him. I can't help feeling responsible, although I knew uh, Selden perhaps deserved his fate. But if my solicitor had not come to talk over estate matters and stayed so late, I might have been... Pass the cheese, my dear Watson. Uh, Mr. Holmes, now that you are here, I know Dr. Watson has been sending you his reports. Have you made anything of them? I mean, my uncle's death, the uh, warning note that came to me, the bearded man who followed me in London. Oh, oh, hang it, this whole fearful story about the Hound of the Baskervilles. I understand you have heard the Hound, Sir Henry. Yes, and I'll tell you this, it isn't all empty superstition. Uh, if you can muzzle that one and put him on a chain, I'll be ready to swear you're the greatest detective of all time. I think I will muzzle him and chain him, all right, if you will give me your help. Whatever you tell me to do, I will do. First... What are your plans for tomorrow evening? Tomorrow, yeah. Well, I'm engaged to dine with the Stapletons. Good. And I hope you'll come, too. They're very hospitable people. I'm sure they'll be glad but to. He's I fear very... that Watson and I must go to London. Hmm? What? You're, you're leaving? Uh, you aren't going to see me through this business? My dear fellow, you must trust me implicitly and do exactly what I tell you. You can tell your friends that urgent business required us to be in town. We shall leave early in the morning. Hmm. Why shouldn't I go to London, too? The hall and the moor won't be very pleasant places when I'm alone. You gave me your word, Sir Henry. Oh, all right, I give you my word. Now, one more direction. You will drive to Merripit House tomorrow evening. Send back your trap, however, and let them know that you intend to walk home. To walk across the moor? Yes. Yeah, but that's the very thing that you've so often cautioned me not to do. This time you may do it with safety, on one condition. As you value your life, do not go across the moor in any direction save along the straight path which leads from Merripit House to the Grimpen Road, your natural way home. If I had not every confidence in your nerve and courage, I... Can it be? What is it, Holmes? Are those the family portraits hanging on the walls? Why, yes, but... 
Uh, do you know who they all are, Sir Henry? Well, Barrymore's been coaching me in them. I think I can say my lessons fairly well. Who is the gentleman with the telescope? Oh, that is uh, Rear Admiral Baskerville. And the man with the blue coat and the roll of paper is Sir William Baskerville, who was in the House of Commons. When and he... this cavalier opposite to me, the, the one with the black velvet in the list? Ah, you have a right to know about him. Uh, that's the cause of all the mischief, the wicked Hugo who started the Hound of the Baskervilles. Mm, dear me. I had pictured him as a more robust and ruffinly person. Sir Henry, the hour grows late and we must get an early start tomorrow. Uh, could I trouble you to see if the Barrymores have recovered from their grief sufficiently to prepare a room for well, me? Certainly, Mr. Holmes, I'll ring. Uh, no, I'll go. This bell can hardly be heard in their quarters. Really, Holmes, I am mystified. Suddenly I am to go with you to London. You refuse to tell Sir Henry our suspicions. And in the midst of all, you begin to discuss family problems. Calm yourself, Watson. We will only pretend to go to London. Oh. It's much better for Sir Henry to know nothing. If he himself is to obtain for us our proof. And as to the family portraits, look carefully at the one of Sir Hugo. Eh? Is it like anyone you know? Well, there is... Uh... Something of Sir Henry about the, the jaw. Mm, just a suggestion, perhaps. But wait an instant. Let me stand on this chair. Eh? Now, as I cover their hat and the beautiful ringlets, uh, tell me whom you see. Good heavens! It's Stapleton. It, it might be the same face. Yes. Then, Holmes, is he a Baskerville? Yes, Watson. He is a Baskerville, and we have our missing link, the motive. Before tomorrow night, he will be fluttering in our net. Like one of his own butterflies. Uh, exactly. A pin, a cork, and a card. And we add him to the Baker Street collection. Perkins, considering you made the trip twice this morning on my behalf, allow me... Oh, thank you, sir. Shall I wait, sir? Oh, no. We'll take the train when it comes. Come along, Watson. He brought you to Coombe Tracy earlier, Holmes. You have been busy. I had to see young Cartwright, Watson, and send him back to London. Or he would have been wild with worry over me. Ah, yes. Why are we turning in here? Is this not the building where Mrs. Laura Lyons has her business? Yes, I see. I'd also to telegraph Lestrade in London and ask him to come here today. You're calling in Scotland Yard? Lestrade is the best of the professionals, and we shall need someone with a signed warrant. The net is closing, Watson. Ah. Mrs. Laura Lyons? Yes, come in. I hope you do not need your typewriting done in a hurry, gentlemen, for I... Oh... Dr. Watson and friend. Yeah. My friend is Mr. Sherlock Holmes, Mrs. Lyons. I will not ask you to sit down. Perhaps you will be good enough to make your visit very brief. That is up to you, Mrs. Lyons. I am investigating the death of the late Sir Charles Baskerville. You have confessed that you asked Sir Charles to be at the Moorgate at ten o'clock. We know that was the place and hour of his death. You have withheld what the connection is between those events. There is no connection. I think you should know, Mrs. Lyons that we regard this case as one of murder, and the evidence may implicate not only your friend, Mr. Stapleton, but his wife as well. His... his wife? He has no wife. 
He has a sister. On the contrary, madam. He has no sister. But he most definitely has a wife. Do you mean that... Oh, that his wife has been passing for... His sister, yes. Oh, no, no. He's not a married man. I'm sorry, Mrs. Lyons. No. Prove it to me. Prove it to me if you can do that. I have come prepared to do it. Here is a photograph of the couple taken in York four years ago. Oh, it's captioned Mr. and Mrs. Vandeleur. Do you not recognize them? I have more. Here are three written descriptions by trustworthy witnesses of Mr. and Mrs. Vandeleur, who at that time kept St. Oliver's private school. Read them, and if you still doubt... No, he he lied to me. Oh, the villain, he he lied to me. Here, Mrs. Lyons, sit down. Mr. Holmes, he offered me marriage. As soon as I got my divorce, he said, but... Oh, but why? Why? I see now I was a tool in his hands. I know how painful this must be for you. Ask me what you like. I will hold nothing back. One thing I swear to you, Mr. Holmes. When I wrote the letter, I never dreamed of any harm to the old gentleman. He had been my kindest friend. Stapleton suggested that you send the letter? He dictated it. I presume that the reason he gave was that you would receive help from Sir Charles for the legal expenses of your divorce. Yes. And then after you had sent the letter, he dissuaded you from keeping the appointment. He told me that it would hurt his self-respect that any other man should find the money for such an object of... Uh, And then you heard nothing until you read the reports of the death in the paper. No. And he made you swear to say nothing about your appointment with Sir Charles. He said I should certainly be suspected if the facts came out. Quite so. But you had your own suspicions. I knew him. But if he had kept faith with me, Mrs. Lyons, I think on the whole, you have had a fortunate escape. Escape? You have been walking for some months very near to the edge of a precipice. Do you not realize, Mrs. Lyons, that you have had him in your power, and he knew it, and that yet you are still alive? I'm sorry to see the last of that wagonette, Holmes. We would be very foolish to go openly riding up to Merripit House. It's a short distance from here. Are you armed, Lestrade? As long as I have my trousers, Mr. Holmes, I have a hip pocket. And as long as I have my hip pocket, I have something in it. Good. Dr. Watson and I are also ready for emergencies. You've been mighty close about this affair, Mr. Holmes. What's the game? A waiting game. My word, then you haven't chosen a very cheerful place for it. Nonsense. The pure night air of Dartmoor is just the thing to take the London fog out of your lungs. The pure night air of Dartmoor is becoming befogged as well, Holmes. Yes. I see it, Watson. You see what? The fog that hangs over Grimper Mile, Estrade. There. That cloud of white. Yes, it's as thick as a wall, isn't it? Mr. Holmes... I see the lights of a house ahead of us. That is Merripit House. Yes, at the end of our journey. I must request you to walk on tiptoe now and not to talk above a whisper. You know, Holmes, I wish we'd been able to prepare Sir Henry a little. Make for those rocks on the right, Lestrade. I mean, there he is now, dining with the lady he loves and the man he thinks is her brother. And soon he will find out that... Here we are. The rocks will be an admirable screen. I'll get into this hollow. Yes, we shall make our little ambush here. Watson, you've been inside the house. To what room do the latticed windows at this end belong? I think they are the kitchen windows. And the one beyond, which shines so brightly. That is certainly the dining room. The blinds are up. 
You know the lie of the land best. Creep forward quietly and see what they're doing. Certainly, Holmes. And for heaven's sake, Watson, don't let them know you are being watched. Well, I'll say one thing, Mr. Holmes. Of all the cases I worked on with you, this must be the gloomiest. That looked like something on the moon, those hills peering out of the fog. Ah, the tours. Yes, I don't like it either, Lestrade. Though for different... Ah, Watson, what have you seen? She isn't there. Who? Miss Stapleton. Uh, Mrs. Oh, she isn't there. Sir Henry and Stapleton are alone with their coffee and cigars. Where can she be, then? There's no light in any other room except the kitchen. I cannot think. I'd no sooner got to the window than Stapleton went out of the house and back to an outhouse in the orchard. Did he go in? Yes. He unlocked it with a key. I thought I heard some scuffling sound of uh, him. Then he locked it again and went back to the house. So I thought I'd better come. Quite right. Quite right. The fog is moving towards us, Watson. Is that serious? It's the one thing upon earth which could disarrange my plans. What time is it, Lestrade? Uh, yeah, ten o'clock. He can't be very long now. Our success may depend upon Sir Henry's coming out before the fog is over the path. And more than our success. What more? His very life, Watson. In half an hour, we won't be able to see our hands in front of us. Shall we move farther back upon higher ground? Wait. Let me put my ear to the ground. Perhaps I can hear... Ah, thank heaven. I think I do hear him coming. I hear him now, with my ears in the air. There he is. There's Sir Henry now. Now, let him pass by. He looks nervous, poor fellow. Marvellous the way he came out of that frog. As if a curtain were lifted. Your pistols. It's coming. Where? Out of the cloud of fog. Watch. Oh, look. My God, Holmes. How oh, Fire coming out of its mouth. Fire all around its head. The black fiend. Shoot, Watson, before it gets to Sir Henry. Sir Henry sees it. But he's paralyzed. He can't move. Come on. Come on, Lestrade. We'll never be in time. The hounds are attacking. We must. It's wounded. It cried out in vain. It's mortal. At least we're sure of that. It was mortal. Sir Henry. Sir Henry. Are you all right? Lestrade, your brandy. No. No, no, no need. Oh, thank heaven. Oh, my God. What in heaven's name was it? You're taken away. It's quite dead, Sir Henry. An enormous brute, part bloodhound, part mastiff, I should think. But the, but the, 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 the flames, the flames shot out of its mouth, its, its muzzle, its dewlaps, its, its hackles. Oh, my God. They were outlined in flame. Phosphorus. Hey, Look at my fingers. I've just touched his muzzle. A cunning preparation of it, then. Since there could be no smell which should interfere with the creature's power of scent. Oh, Sir Henry, we owe you a deep apology. You saved my life. Having first endangered it. But we did not anticipate what was going to happen. Where are you? Sir Henry, where are you? What? It, it's Beryl. Here, Miss Stapleton. Over here. Oh, are you all right? Are you safe? He will be all right. He's had a shock. Oh, the hound is dead. You've killed it. Oh, go after him. What? Uh, after whom? Beryl, where have you been this evening? I, I've, I've been locked up. He tied me to a post, but I got free. She's been beaten. Yes, yes, but what does that matter now? Go after him before he gets away. Who? Who, Beryl? Who beat you? Who will get away? Who? My husband. Your... Yes, yes, my husband. Oh, I have deceived you, and I am sorry. But I loved him, 
and I could endure it all as long as I thought he loved me. I don't understand. You will, Sir Henry, but now we have no time to lose. Stapleton will have heard the shots. Miss Stapleton, can you tell us where to find him? There is only one place he can have gone. There is an old tin mine on an island in the heart of the mire. It was there that he kept his hound, and there he made preparation in case he should need a refuge. (laughs) She's hysterical. Give her a bit of that brandy. Oh, there is no need to hurry. After all, I have just realised the fog. Of course. (laughs) No one could find his way into Grimpen Mire tonight. Oh, yes. He has found his way in. But he cannot see the guiding wands. Guiding wands? We planted them together, he and I, to mark the pathway through the mire. Together, we planted them. How can he see the guiding wands tonight? Oh, yes, he has found his way in, but he cannot find his way out. your step, Sir Henry, for heaven's sake. Misguide yourself by the wand, sir. It's the only way to stay on this narrow path. You shouldn't be out with us at all, Sir Henry. Dr. Mortimer said that... Yeah, I know what Dr. Mortimer said, but I'm determined to see the end of this matter. Here's the island. I can see a few shacks. Hold back a moment. Do you see something, Holmes? Let me go first and search those shacks in the shaft, Mr. Holmes. There's no need. But I... He never reached the island. How can you tell that, Holmes? Because while there could be no footprints along that boggy path, there should be some visible on the land here. I see many. Quite right, but none fresh. No, we may explore for evidence without caution, my friends. And he might have gone elsewhere. Perhaps, though his wife said this was the refuge Baskerville had planned for himself. You call him Baskerville, Mr. Holmes. You don't He was a son of your uncle Roger, Sir Henry. My cousin? Roger was supposed to have died childless in South America. He had one son, this fellow who called himself Stapleton. In fact, he had called himself earlier by another name. For after marrying... Beryl Garcia in Costa Rica. He had to flee the country. He had purloined a considerable sum of money. They came to England and under the name of Vandeleur established a school. The school sank from disrepute into infamy and then he made inquiries and found that only two lives intervened between him and a valuable estate. So he came here to kill my uncle. But why should he have Beryl... uh, Why should he have his wife pose as his sister? Undoubtedly he thought she might be useful as a decoy. Mm. Sir Charles told him about the family hound and so prepared the way for his own death. Stapleton, let us continue to call him that, Stapleton learned from Dr. Mortimer that the old man's heart was weak. Uh He went to Ross and Mangles in Fulham Road and bought the strongest, most savage dog in their possession. He had found this way to penetrate the mire on his insect hunts and brought the hound here without being seen. Mr. Holmes! Look here. What have you found in there, Lestrade? Careful, Sir Henry. These old cottages are are crumbling. See? In this corner. Uh, Staple driven in. And a length of chain. So this is where the beast was tethered. He kept it here all the time? A long time. Judging by the quantity of gnawed bones on the floor. The only time he risked keeping it in the outhouse at his home was last night. Look at this, Holmes. what, What is it? Why, it seems to be a small skeleton with a tangle of... Curly hair. You wrote me Dr. Mortimer's spaniel was missing, Watson. Yes, poor Mortimer will never see his pet again. We'd best say nothing to him. Well, I don't know that this place contains any secret which we have not already fathomed. He could hide his hound, but he could not hush its voice. And so on the moor it was sometimes... Ah, here it is. What? 
the can of luminous paste. I'll take that along, Mr. Holmes, if you don't mind. You After you, Sir Henry. The legend itself suggested that ingenious device, of course. Well, no wonder the peasants were afraid to cross the moor at night after seeing such an apparition. No wonder my poor uncle was frightened to death, or almost was myself. It may mm. comfort you to know, Sir Henry, that Mrs. Stapleton gave her husband his first real problem. He had to decoy the old man to a place where he could see the hound blazing in the night. But here, Mrs. Stapleton refused to help him. Well, thank God for that, at least. But he was fortunate. He met Mrs. Laura Lyons. And by representing himself as a single man, he was able to acquire influence over her. And when he heard that Sir Charles was about to leave Baskerville Hall for a time, Stapleton decided to act. Mrs. Lyons wrote asking for a meeting. Mm -hmm. He prevented her from going. He brought the beast to the wicket gate. And the hound uh, jumped the gate? It did, and pursued Sir Charles. But when the old man dropped dead, the hound was called off, leaving a single print... The rest of the time, it had been on the grass. The devil! A murder, all might suspect, but none could Was prove... Was Stapleton who followed me in London? Wearing a false beard, yes. And giving the cab driver my name as his own. <laughs> I thought that would amuse you, Lestrade. Yes, Sir Henry, he learned of your existence and decided to do away with you before you came to Devonshire. But again, Mrs. Stapleton... She sent that warning note. Yes. Why cut the words out of a newspaper? Sir Henry couldn't know her handwriting. But her husband might somehow intercept it. Uh-huh. Ah. Holmes! Holmes, where are you going? He's after something on that tuft of grass. Good, good Lord, he's sinking in the mire. Uh, hey, grab hold, Holmes. Here. Here, grab hold of my hand. He's very yeah. steep now. Hold on, Watson. I, I'll, I'll hold you. All right. It's, it's all right. Oh, there you are. Uh. Oh, it was too close for comfort, Mr. Holmes. What did you plunge in for? For this. It is worth a mud bath. My missing boot! Exactly. The boot which put the hound on the scent and put Sherlock Holmes on the scent of the hound. We shall take it as a trophy, Watson. A memento of our dead friend, Stapleton. How do you know he's dead, Mr. Holmes? He had the boot last night in order to set the hound on the track. We can be sure, therefore, that he carried it in his flight and came at least this far. And we know he came no farther. And could not get back. That's no? right, yes. We have laid the ghost of the Hound of the Baskervilles, but it appears the Grimpen Mire has trapped the master of the Hound of Hell. Now let us hurry, for there's an afternoon train to London and I have a box full as you can know. Ah, this has been an interesting case. Students of criminology will remember the analogous incidents in Grodno and Little Russia in the year 66. And, of course, there are the Anderson murders. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's classic mystery, The Hound of the Baskervilles. The scripts for the series were adapted for radio by Marion Waldman. Music consultant was Alan Doremus. Sound effects by Bill Robinson and Bill Roach. Technical operator was Fred Park. Adventure Theatre is produced by Ethne Black in our CBC Toronto studios. This is the CBC Radio Network.